God is always working to increase your hope. Hope is expectation, right? You know, in your homes, most of us, I would assume, have what's called a thermostat, right? You know, that thermostat, um, now some of us have automatic ones, so we don't mess with them very much, but that thermostat, usually, when we mess with it, it's because conditions have changed, right? So, you know, if it gets real cold, what do we do? We go over and turn the thermostat up. You know, if we feel cold in the house and we don't feel like we're keeping warm enough, we might pop it up a few degrees, but we don't typically mess with the thermostat until circumstances have changed around us. The environment has changed. What happens is, is that in that environment that has changed, our expectation changes. And we use the thermostat as a gauge to change our expectation. Are you all with me right now? That's what hope is. Now, we know that a thermostat by itself is just a thermostat. <laughs> it's connected to something far bigger than a thermostat. That thermostat, that hope of our lives is connected to our faith. Our faith is the engine that makes all that stuff happen. I mean, our faith is the, is the things that got it because, you know, it's through, that, through our faith that um, we receive those things that we're believing for. It's, that, it's through our faith that uh, the work is happening. It's through our believing in what God has said and then doing what God said that miracles begin to take place. And so what God is always going to be working on in your life and my life is that he is going to be working to increase our expectations or our level of expectation. Circumstance will say one thing, right? So a couple of thoughts with that, and then we'll get into what I wanna, the other part of what I want to get into. When you're facing circumstances, all right, when you're facing circumstances, the environments that do not seem right to you, what God is calling you to is to increase your expectation. Now, God is not making the circumstances what they are. But what he is doing is pushing you to put your hope that we can, through expectation, bring something, we can change the environment. Well, that was good, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> See, when, when we, what we tend to do and what we fall back into a lot of times is, is that we just, things are going and we're just like, well, you know, what, what do you do? What do you, I, I can't do anything about it, you know. If I visited your home and it was cold in your house, I would ask you, does your furnace work? Right? You say, well, yeah, it works. I said, well, okay. Is it on? Yep. Yeah, it's on. Well, why is it so cold in here? Yeah. Why is it so cold? Well, because I haven't turned it up. Now, that's where God will come in and say, it's time to turn it up. It's time to turn your hope up. Time to turn your hope up. So God is always working to increase our level of expectation. And one of the things that God began to speak to me about for this coming year uh, Sharon and I were having a conversation, we were just kind of talking about what we, what we foresaw, what we were starting to pick up in the spirit for 2022. And uh, 
this verse came to me, and uh, it's so powerful. I want you to, I have it up here on the screen, but it's Exodus 34.10. And uh, this is going to be our verse for 2022. But God said, Behold, I make a covenant before all your people, and I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do. So the idea here is is that God is saying, look, I'm going to do marvels. I'm going to do marvels that have not been done in all the earth. I'm going to do things. I believe this is what God is saying to us. In fact, basically there's three parts to this, that God is going to do marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Okay? Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. And God is wanting us to turn our thermostats up, get our expectation in a better place, get ourselves ready. You know, when, we, when, we, when you're in your home, when you turn that thermostat up, if, or, or down if it's hot, you know, but if you turn that thermostat up, you don't like get instant the room temperature changed, Right? No, it doesn't like, bam, that's it, it's over. Like, so when I get up really in the early in the morning, we, our thermostat goes down at night, it's automatic. But when I get up really early for what I have it set to go up in the morning, man, it's cold in the house. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I need to warm it up before Sharon gets out of bed. I need to get things warmed up here, and I need to get them warmed up for me. And so I go over and turn it up, but it might take it 30 minutes before everything gets to where it needs to be. That's where patience comes in. What is patience? Are you all with me right now? You say, are you preaching on thermostats or are you preaching on the word? What do you, no, look, it's all, it, it all ties together. Patience comes in because I know that there is a process that will get me to my expectation. So I don't sit and go, oh, it's still cold in here and I just turned it up. Oh, why is it still so cold? I just turned it up. I just put it there. God, where are you, God? Why isn't this all changing right now? And God says, look, your expectation is there. Faith is kicked in because you're saying and believing. You're believing and saying, excuse me. The mechanism is all at work. The fuel that fires up faith is love because that's what the Bible tells us that faith works by love. So it doesn't do any good if you have the mechanism of faith without love because it's absolutely useless without the fuel to make it go. You say, well, is that love about, is that love about uh, you know, me loving others? Well, that's part of it. But that love is the fuel that makes your faith go is to know that, look, you're coming to God from a place of love not to get love. You don't have to convince God to care about you. That's why Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 4, cast your care on the Lord because he cares for you. Why can I cast my worries, anxieties, and fears on God? Because he cares about me, according to the Amplified, affectionately, and he's watching over me because his love, I'm coming to him from a place of love, not to get, you know, I don't have to convince God to listen to me. Hallelujah. So if I turn, now watch it now, stay with me. So if I turn the thermostat up, it puts a demand on my faith 
My faith that's fueled by love that comes from a position of that I'm in a relationship with God, that fuel begins to fire my faith up that all that God said, all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Now, my expectation is that I'm going to get this room to the temperature it needs to be. My expectation is my finances are going to get to the place that they need to be. My expectation is my physical health is going to get to the place it needs to be because that's where I've set my hope thermostat and my faith furnace is fired up, fueled by the, the fuel of God's love in my life that he has given to me. And I can be more than patient because I know we're going to get there. We might not be there right now, but I'll be there. Now, 2022, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff saying, well, that ain't going to happen. It's going to be hard. I think it, in a lot of ways, there will be a lot of hardship in 2022. But does that change our hope? The believer goes to the thermostat and raises the temperature. They don't back off. They don't sit and whine about the thermostat. They don't whine about the creator. They go turn it up because that's what God said to do. Behold, I'm going to make a covenant, an agreement, and we'll get into this more in the future, but before all your people, I will do marvels such as have not been done. Now, the amplified version says this, and the Lord said, behold, I laid down afresh the terms of a mutual agreement between Israel and myself, a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels, wonders, and miracles such as have not been wrought or created in all the earth or in any nations. And all the people among you shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing, fearful, full of awe, uh, that I will do with you. Message version says it like this, Exodus 34.10. And God said, as of right now, I'm making a covenant with you. In full sight of your people, I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth or in any nation." then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is, the work I'll do for you. Now, the thought, of course, comes that, well, he made that covenant with Israel. Well, you know, there are a lot of covenants that you and I still are experiencing that were given to Israel. Now, we're not under the covenant of atonement. We're not under the sacrificing covenant. But the Bible tells us that we're under the covenant God made with Abraham. We still see the rainbow in the sky, don't we, whenever there's been a storm to remind us of God's covenant with mankind that he would not flood the whole earth and destroy it but by flood. So all those covenants are still in effect. This covenant that God made here, he made this obviously with Israel, but this covenant is in effect for the believer as well because, and we can just verify that in the New Testament because what the Bible teaches us about how God will do signs and wonders through his people, how that he will work. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word. This is Mark 16, 20. And God worked with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. I want to know, are you looking at 2022 as a year for marvels, for wonders, and extraordinary manifestations in your family, in your finances, in your health, and in your life overall, in your business, if you have a business? Psalm 77 verse 14 says, you are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. I like what the Message Bible says of this verse. It says, you're the God who makes things happen. 
<laughs> Amen. You're the God who makes things happen. You showed everyone what you can do. God will not be outdone by darkness. I said God will not be outdone by darkness. Amen. Now let's talk about these words. We've got to move quick here. Let's talk about these words for a minute. The word marvel, in the, by definition, means that, that which arrests the attention and causes a person to stand, gaze, or pause. So it's something that's so extraordinary, so amazing, that it causes the individual to stand back and arrest their attention. Arrest their attention. Now, if you tie that back to what we talked about in Isaiah 60, what happens when the believer arises and shines? The glory of God is on them, and then stuff starts happening. I think for many Christians, our difficulty that we will deal with is we have to realize we're the one that controls the thermostat. God says turn it up, but we still are in control of that hope. We're still in control of that hope. And if we don't turn the thermostat up, it'll just stay right where it is. And we can gripe and complain about it, but it isn't going to change anything until we set our hope to a new level. When that happens, I believe, as it said in that Isaiah 60, it says that all of a sudden your children are going to start seeing something. And they're going to be drawn back home. Amen. They're going to see that it's more than just rhetoric that you believe in. It's more than just logic. They're going to see that you believe in something supernatural, something beyond. You know, when we have joy in the midst of despair, that is supernatural. You can't just do that. I mean, even drugs can't do that consistently. <laughs> but you can have joy in the midst of difficulty and despair. The word wonder means something that is new, unusual, strange, and extraordinary. It arrests the attention because of its newness. Nobody's seen that before. Oral Roberts, who was used mightily by God in the big tent revivals for healing, uh, the Lord talked to him and said this to him uh, before he passed away. If you think you saw signs, wonders, and miracles under the big tent, son, you haven't seen anything yet. They're coming back big time. Amen. Kenneth Hagin in 1983, the Lord spoke to him a prophetic word and said, you have not seen the revival of divine healing that you're about to see. Oh, yes, you saw those that I raised up. You have seen men and women mightily used of my spirit. I sent them forth as a pilot program to train you in this move that is about to come. There will be a revival of divine healing such as has not been seen in your lifetime or even read or heard about. I believe that that's coming. Turn the thermostat up. Huh? Turn the thermostat up. So how do we get there? All right, let's wrap this up this morning, and then we're going to pray for everybody. The way that we experience supernatural increase in our lives, there are three parts to it. I taught this many times here, and I want to review them with you real quick. And if you haven't heard this, this is really, really paramount to how that you receive that, that supernatural increase. We talked about turning that thermostat up. The number one thing you have to have is a word from God. You got to know what God says. Faith begins where the will of God is known. 
So when we know what God has said, then we have something that we can stand on even in adversity. And uh, we use Genesis chapter 26 as our verses for this because Genesis 26 tells us that there was a famine, right? And the famine was bad. And people were leaving. Everybody's running down to Egypt. I mean, they're all leaving. They're going down to Egypt. And, and, and uh, Isaac is in Gerar. And, and God comes, shows up and he says, look, man, I don't want you going down there with all of them. Now, there wasn't anything wrong with going. Now, listen very carefully to this. There wasn't anything wrong with going down to Egypt and famine because Abraham had done it before. That's why everybody, these Israelites, were all going down to Egypt. It was sort of the haven that they would run to when things were difficult. But God said to, to Isaac, look, I don't want you going down there. Don't do what everybody else is doing. So and if you look at verses 2 and 3, um, and I think I have it up there. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you. Dwell in this land. What's he doing? He's saying, turn the thermostat up, son. Right where you're at. Dwell in this land and I'll be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father, to your father Abraham. So the first thing you have to have is a word. He had a word that said, look, stay here and I'm going to bless you if you'll stay here. Now, the second thing is, is that you have to have a point of faith, a point of contact that's involved, something that you do, because that's always tied with our faith. And that could be as uh, simple as letting, when you're sick, having somebody lay hands on you, or it could be as, as simple as giving an offering in obedience to the, what God tells you. Now, it's, it's, it's not that God asks us to do something we can't do. He might ask us something we don't want to do, you know, Naaman in the Old Testament, um, I mean, this guy has leprosy. He's a Syrian. He's in bad shape. He's dying. And he's like, I'm going to go to the prophet. I'm going to get healed. And he goes down to the prophet. And the prophet sends out his assistant pastor and says, you tell him, go jump in the river seven times and he'll be healed. Naaman gets angry because it's not that he couldn't go down to the river and jump in. It's he didn't want to. Because he set his own narrative for how God was going to move in his life. He told his people back home, yeah, I'm going to go down there. The prophet of the Lord's going to come out. He's going to pray for me, and I'm going to be miraculously healed. No, you're going to go down there, and the prophet of the Lord's going to send his assistant out. He's going to tell you to go jump the river seven times, and if you go do that, you'll be made well. Well, Naaman, he refused to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you refuse to do what God tells you to do, you're not going to get healed. Not because God don't. Look, did God want Naaman well? He told him what he needed to do. The problem wasn't God. The problem was Naaman. Are you all here? You know, I, the, Lord gave me, I, 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 oh, the Lord gave me this example this last week. And, I mean, it, and, it's, so, and it's so true for you and I. You know, when we need healing... God isn't sending healing from heaven. Healing is here already through the blood of Jesus Christ. Healing is made, provision is made already. You say, well, I don't have it. What's it the reason is, is because it's kind of like this. It's like you have a package at the post office. Is that package yours? Yeah. But you just got to go down and pick it up. What you and I, look, the, the, the sender already sent it. 
the sender isn't saying, okay, go down to the post office and I'll send it. He said, no, I already sent it. Now just go pick up your package. The difficulty we deal with is there are different ways to pick the package up. You know, sometimes it's that God says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Sometimes it's that, anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. Sometimes it's that, speak the word only and my servant shall be whole. They're all different avenues to get to the post office to get the miracle that's sitting there waiting for you. But don't ever think that God hadn't already sent it because he's already decided that. He isn't in heaven going, well, I don't know, has Mike been good enough for me to send that to him? Has he been a good boy this year? No, it doesn't have anything to do with that. What he did, he has already established. The package is there. You and I just got to figure out to get to the post office so we can pick the package up. And here's where it gets a little touchy, so don't get angry at me. And know that when we go to pick it up, it's already ours. We don't have to convince the postmaster to give it to us. Just pull out your identification Pull out your identification that says, I'm a child of the Most High God. Jesus Christ has already paid for this. He goes about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. I'm oppressed. I need a miracle here. I'm coming down here to collect on what he's already done for me. Mm. You got to have a point of faith. So verse, <laughs> verse 6 says in Genesis 26, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He did what the Lord said to do. But he knows that, look, it's not just about hanging out there. He's got to do something. And so what he does is he puts his faith into action. And that's where obedience comes in. And it says in verse 26, chapter 26, verse 12, and Isaac sowed in that land. So he planted, even in famine, even when it didn't look like things were working out right, even when it, nobody else is doing this, he sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper, and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's God's plan for you. Guys, can you move that box for me? I want you to stand up with me, if you would. Let me have uh, those who are in the prayer team that are here this morning to stand over to my right, if you would. Amen. If you're in the prayer team, I want you to stand over here to my right. Make a line that way, please. Now, yeah, just line up right where Michael is, straight across. We're going to bring straight across that way. Yep, like that. There you go. Good. Okay. Now, this is the instructions the Lord gave me this morning. So, you have to have a point of contact. Now, if you're dealing with a financial situation, maybe you're believe in God for something big. Sharon and I, we got some big things we're believing for. So we're going to use the TV cameras that we're believing for as a point of contact. Now, Sharon and I, we're, we're going to give 500 towards that today as a point of contact because we have some things that we're believing God for. Amen. And we know that, look, with that, if we have a word from the Lord and we have a point of contact, now all you got to do is be obedient. So you just got to do the right thing. But also, uh, what I want to do is, is as you're, if you are sowing today, and th there's no requirement to have to do that, but if you are sowing today towards that, um, I'm speaking blessing today over folks for that. But also, uh, I am speaking blessing and healing over those who need healing. So 
part of your receiving is that you're just willing to get up in the line and come forward. So I want to make a line over here, if you would, if you're going to come up for prayer. So if you're coming up for prayer, go ahead and line up over here. Amen. Right in that aisle there. And uh, we're going to let everybody just come out down the line. And then I'll pray for them. And then they're going to come down the line here with you guys. Now, if you have a word for them, pull them out of the line, okay? So we keep things moving here this morning, okay? If you don't have a word for them, just speak. Here's the verse we're using. We're declaring supernatural increase over their life. Supernatural increase over their life. Amen? Amen. Hank, can I pray for you this morning? Okay, come on up here, buddy. Can you walk up here? Amen. We'll have somebody that'll walk with you or your daughter can walk with you. We'll start with Hank here moving him through. Amen. So if you line up over there and then you just come across the front and they're just going to walk down the line. Now they are going to lay hands on you. Nobody's going to shove you to the ground. That's not going to happen, okay? But if you do fall out, what's going to happen is an usher's going to grab you and pull you off to the side so nobody trips over you or we don't step on your hands or head. Amen? That's a good thing, right? And uh, you can play some kind of music in the background if you want to. But these guys are going to lay hands on you as you go through, okay? Now, we may ask you what it is you're believing for. We may not. But we're going to speak supernatural increase. And, of course, I'm going to speak over Hank, supernatural increase to his health, strength over his body. Amen. And, uh, and Becky, go ahead. You can come on over this way. Bring the line up this direction, if you would. And we'll just lay hands on him. Now, if you're not going to come up for prayer, at least be praying for these guys that are being prayed for, okay? Amen.